welcome back to Noah's Window. Mark is back on camera again today. And uh, as I was reading through the one-year Bible in our reading, I noticed that we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I know that's one of your favorite chapters, so I thought you might talk to us a little bit about that today. Yeah, you know, you talk 1 Corinthians in book by book, and by the way, it's not too late to sign up for that because you've got 2 Corinthians coming that's up. That's right. Mm -hmm. And 2 Corinthians is very, very, very special, special book. And maybe we'll talk about that why sometimes. But uh, we're in 1 Corinthians. And the irony of 1 Corinthians is, is the church of Corinth was a very messed up church. And they had all kinds of problems going on. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was allowed to write to them to fix some of their problems and misconceptions. And out of that, we get some of the greatest chapters in the Bible. Mary Alice has been talking about 1 Corinthians 13. You know, this was a church that was trying to compete with each other for prominence and as an antidote the Holy Spirit gave Paul 1 Corinthians 13. Well another place where the Corinthians were messed up was on the idea of what happens after you die and I don't want to go off into a long discussion of history but a little bit is probably necessary for us to understand the context. Um, Corinth was a city of crossroads. I mean all kinds of cultures and influences were in the city of, of Corinth. It was a lot like America. And in that confluence of culture, there was a lot of false beliefs that were somehow in the groundwater of the church of Corinth. And, and again, this is too much information, but especially something called Gnosticism. And by the way, some of that's still with us today. Mm -hmm. the, the Gnostics believed that they had superior knowledge and they were proud of that. And part of Gnosticism, one particular group of Gnostics, believed that the body didn't matter at all. It was just, since it was material, it was unimportant, and it was whatever the invisible essence of us was that's important. Well, on its face, we'd probably agree with that. However, they took it to a weird extreme. Some said, well, anything you do in your body is okay, so sexual immorality is all right because it's done with the body. That's what they would say. And then there were others that said, you know, the, the body's never coming back. It's just something that we have temporarily in this life, and we're never going to have a body in the afterlife if there is an afterlife. So all this craziness allowed uh, an opportunity for God to give the Apostle Paul 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Mary Alice, um, maybe early next week we'll talk about the wonderful uh, proofs of the resurrection, what the resurrection body is going to be like. Uh, we'll actually get into the rapture late in this chapter. But Paul starts at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15 with the resurrection of Jesus. Because he wants to say to the church at Corinth, look, anybody who believes that we're not going to live after this life in a body, you just need to look at the example of Jesus. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, not only do we get a great explanation of the resurrection, but we also get some of the greatest proofs that Jesus rose from the grave. So in verse 3, Paul is going to say, I passed on to you what was most important. In other words, he said, I taught you this when I was there. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Now listen to this evidence. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And then he said he was seen later by James. That was Jesus' physical brother. I mean, he would have been, James would have been, a son of both Joseph and Mary, whereas Jesus was just son of Mary and, and the Holy Spirit uh, who did that miracle. 
and later by all the apostles. And then Paul says after that, I saw him. Um, what's wonderful about this, Mary Alice, is that we have Paul giving the Corinthian believers in the first century actual evidence of the physical, little, literal body, bodily resurrection of Jesus. And one of my favorite proofs is in this particular chapter because Paul said he was seen by 500 of his followers at one time. Paul said, most of whom are still alive. In other words, he was saying, you can check this out. This isn't something that we made up. Uh, this is evidence. There's evidence of this. Well, of course, there are so many evidences of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but Mary Alice, I'm thankful that God let Jesus be witnessed by so many people because we're in that category that Jesus described when he talked to Thomas. You know, he said, you've seen and you believe, but blessed are they who have not seen and yet believed. However, we, we believe, and part of that belief is based on evidence. That's right, because they were, they were eyewitnesses, and they have shared their testimony with us, so we benefit from the eyewitness accounts of his resurrection. Yeah, and of course, many of these eyewitnesses, including the apostles, uh, suffered death, torture, uh, and, and torturous deaths. If, you know, we, we know that there are people who have given up their lives for a false belief, but not people who claim to have had first-hand evidence. In other words, right. you wouldn't give up your life for something you knew to be a hoax. Right. And these people who gave up their lives, of course, they saw Jesus. Right. Which, two, two things on that. They they literally saw him, but they saw him resurrected, so it's hard to threaten someone with death when you've seen <laughs> yeah. the Lord resurrected. I've often thought about that, because once they saw Jesus die, and they knew he was dead, there was no doubt about that. He was in the grave on Saturday. And when they saw him come out of the grave, it really, like you said, it's really hard. I mean, when you look at, say, Peter, for instance, on the night of Jesus' crucifixion, he he um, he, he, he becomes cowardly, which I don't guess any of us would think that we might do any different if we were in his place. But he even denies that he knows the Lord three times. But later, when you see him in the book of Acts, on the night before he's to be executed, he's asleep. He's so sound asleep, the angel really has to shake him to wake him up. And he thinks up. he's still dreaming. Yeah. And he's going to the And, you know, they're always threatening them with, with you know, death. And so it's, it's hard to threaten uh, someone with death when they've seen somebody. And that should relate to us, too, because, because of what we know about the Lord, then we shouldn't feel like we're coming to the end as this life is spent because we know we have a future. Well, we'll stay in this chapter for a little while, 1 Corinthians 15, there's so much great stuff left to come. But I just want to point out that Paul starts, before he talks about our own resurrection and the rapture, which we pray and hope that we'll be part of, before he gets there, he just wants to remind us that it all starts with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is in this chapter. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again, and one more time, Paul says, according to the scriptures. So... That's just a great truth for us today. Absolutely. And if we don't get anything else out of this, just our Lord is alive and He's in heaven yes. and He's listening for us. I know. Every time I listen to the Easter, all the different songs that are around Easter, it just it just thrills my heart and brings tears to my eyes. And I think it's worth it's worth remembering that on a regular basis. It sure is. Well, it all starts with the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, salvation. It goes to the heart of the resurrection because the Bible says if you believe in, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So resurrection is the greatest truth in history. Absolutely. Pray for us, Mary Alice. Let's pray. 
Oh, Father, we're so thankful that so many got to see Jesus resurrected, and thank you for um, just the truth of his resurrection and the future that we look forward to because of his resurrection. But most of all, because he was raised from the dead, um, we know that our sins have been forgiven and that we have uh, eternal life to look forward to. Thank you for that great love that you have for us and Jesus' sacrifice that he gave for us. I just pray today for each of us, for each and every one that's watching or listening to Noah's Window today. We need you, Father. We need your guidance. We need your comfort and your wisdom and your healing and your provision. All those things we need today. Father, we, know, we need things that we don't even know about yet, but you know. And I just pray that you carry us through, that you would guide us through, and that our lives would be light shining for you in whatever circumstance we have today. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise and the honor. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining Mary Alice and me on Noah's Window today. And God willing, we'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit more about this great chapter. And if you're needing some place to read in the Bible, why not read 1 Corinthians 15? I think you'll be surprised to find out how much specificity there is in regard to what happens after, after we There's die. There's a lot there. You don't want to miss it. Grab your Bible. Give it a read. Uh, that's right. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. See you soon.